Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. A man can believe that God will help him and bless him financially and materially, but then he needs to move that direction and do whatever his hands finds to do. If it isn't just right, at least it will help him right at the moment, and then he can pray about something else. God can open another door for him and another job for him. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. But on the other hand, I was holding a meeting in a certain place for a man in another state when, uh, where the pastor talked to me about a man who had been in the service. I recognized who it was when he described him. He said, Brother Hagin, if you would, he said, uh, talk to that fella. He's taken a special liking for you. I'll put it this way. He has a wife and five children, and they're Christians all right, but they are not members of our church. They have been coming here for about a year. I don't know whether they, where they came from, for they didn't uh, live here in this city until about 18 months ago, and they haven't talked about where they came from. Anyway, after about six months, they started coming to our church and have come ever since. Now his wife is a precious Christian and some of these children are the most precious children you've ever seen and they love the Lord. The father is a well able-bodied fellow about 38 years old but he just doesn't work and he won't work. Some of the other men in the church have tried to help him. They made arrangements for him to go for an interview where they work for he can do that kind of work. They've talked to the foreman on job and he said tell him to come in. I'll hire him but he wouldn't go. Folk here in the church have helped them. We've taken up poundings for them. We've gotten groceries for them and clothes for the children. They've gotten some things from the welfare department. Some of the ladies in the church have helped her every way they can by giving her work to earn a little bit of money. She's a good worker and would ask some of the folks if they had anything she could do. They would provide earnings for her to do and everything in the world just to give her some money. Now he's taken a special liking, the pastor said for you. Maybe you could help him. He is of this nature. And when I talked to him, I found out that he said, well, the Lord said he would meet all of our needs. He actually told me, some folks tell me to get out and look for a job, but I'm just waiting for the right one to come to me. The Lord will do it. He said in his word, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. We're getting along quite well enough. We may not be living just the best in the world. Someone else was paying the house rent. In fact, the church was paying about half of it to keep him going. Now that fellow was really hindering not only his prayers, but their prayers as well. You can just sit out and wait for something to come to you. But you know, the only thing that will come to you is a pile of bills to pay. A man can believe that God will help him and bless him financially and materially. But then he needs to move that direction and do whatever his hands finds to do. If it isn't just right, at least it will help him right at the moment. And then he can pray about something else. God can open another door for him and another job for him. This man hadn't done anything here for 18 months that they knew of. He was an able-bodied man. By his own admission, there was nothing wrong with him, but he was just hanging around, lying around, doing nothing, waiting for God to bring him something, to give him something. He should have been embarrassed that his wife had to work as much as she did with children to care for. Some of the men of the church had actually gotten jobs for him. Maybe not just the biggest, the best thing in the world, but something that could have been a stepping stone to something better. He wouldn't even go seeing about it. He was waiting for God to send something to him. Friends, God is not going to put a job in an envelope and mail it to you in the mail. You have to get out and let people know that you're available. 
I've seen preachers that way. That's the strangest thing to me why a preacher wouldn't have more sense than that. But you can hinder your own prayers by not cooperating with God. And so uh, uh, let, let's believe God and let's have confidence and boldness when we come to him and confidence and boldness to see yourself with the answer. Praise the Lord. Now then I want you to notice something. I said to you that we ask very often what we are asking is the will of God and in the will of God but you know there is a, a Godward side and a manward side to everything that we receive from God. We can nullify the effects of our prayers and it won't work. It won't work. And so you know if it doesn't work well something is wrong with us. Nothing's wrong with God. God doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman said on one occasion that if I pray and don't get an answer, she said, I start changing because God's not going to change and there has to be a change somewhere. And so many times, as I've said, God said, Philippians 4.19, we gave you that verse, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now then someone can pray and say, well, I believe that scripture and I'm waiting for God to meet my needs. And uh, they're just waiting for God, you know, to uh, drop something down on them. But you know, friends, we have a part to play also. And we must not in some of these things that we may be praying about nullify the effects of our prayers. Now I'll show you what I mean with this illustration. I know when I left the last church that I pastored, I uh, went out on the field, just like I said, in field ministry. And uh, as I went out to minister, there weren't many... Uh, well, I wasn't known as an evangelist. I was known only as a, as, a, as a pastor. And so I didn't have many meetings. I'd preach some and uh, a meeting or so, and then I didn't have any more. Well, I didn't just sit down and say, Now, Lord, you, you open the door somewhere for me. But I knew that there was going to have a fellowship meeting in a certain place on the next Thursday after I'd closed a meeting out way up in another part of the state on a Sunday night. And so I, I made mention of a certain pastor to my wife. And I said, I have no proof of it. And this man hasn't said anything to me because I don't, uh, I haven't really seen him recently. But in my spirit, I have the witness that he's been trying to contact me to get a hold of me to hold a meeting. So I'll go down there. See, he didn't know where I was. And if he doesn't, well, someone else will. Well, then I said to her, when I start the meeting, I'll come back and get you and the children. Well, now, you see, I went with confidence and with boldness. I didn't say if I get one and so on and so forth. I said when I do. I drove down to this fellowship meeting. Well, I knew they'd start about 10 o'clock in the morning, but I had over 100 miles to drive, and I got in there about 11 o'clock. Time to hear the speaker. I knew he wouldn't be speaking until about 11 o'clock. In the afternoon, I knew they'd introduced all the visitors, and I felt they would introduce me and let it be known that I was an evangelist. But at any rate, I slipped in and sat down, on the back seat in this auditorium about 11 o'clock, there were several preachers sitting in a pew right in front of me. The very fellow I was talking about was sitting on the end. He just reached back and took my hand and whispered to me and said, Say, boy, I've been trying to reach you. I want you to hold me a meeting. I said, I know it. I know it. In my spirit, you see, I knew it. Well, he said, when can you start? I said, tonight. He said, well, we can't start tonight. 
with no advertisement because that's Thursday night. But I'll tell you what, you just come go home with me from the fellowship meeting. Tomorrow night, Friday night, we have a regular Friday night service in our church. You can preach tomorrow night. Then we'll get out advertisement Saturday and we'll start the meeting on Sunday. So I did. And the Lord gave us one of the best meetings that they had had. They said, actually, in the history of the church. Well, now, you see, I not only... Uh, believe God, but I acted on what I believed. I could have stayed at home said, Lord, you open the door for me and send me something and nothing might, might not have turned up. But you see, we have to act upon what we believe. By this time, another fellow who was in the meeting had contacted me and I went to him for a meeting and so on. Well, going to fellowship meetings to let them know you're available for meetings is a necessary part of the work. How are they going to know it? Are you just going to sit home and ask God to send someone by? That may happen occasionally. I had a preacher friend to whom I said, come and go with me to the fellowship meeting. He was living in that area, and really he was actually under some obligation to go. He had gotten a little bitter because he wasn't being asked to preach, though he had never made himself available. I never asked anyone for a meeting in my life, but I did get in circulation. Well, this fellow that I was talking about had resigned his church and moved to this place and just sat down. He rarely went to anyone's church, even on Sunday, just sat there. And because folks didn't come by and say, well, come home in meeting, he'd gotten bitter about it. He sat there for several months and no one said a word to him. Well, really, a lot of folks didn't even know he was there because he moved down to a different section where he wasn't known. I guess they thought he was trying to withdraw from society and that he didn't want anyone to say anything to him. So I said, come on, go. Well, he said he'd go at first. Then when I went by for him, he said, no, I'm not going. I said, man, you can't just sit here and expect someone to call. They don't even know what you're doing. Many of the folks in this area think that you're still the pastor of a church over in another area. It hasn't gotten around yet. They don't know that you're looking for meetings and are available. You know yourself that in the afternoon they would probably ask you to preach. I don't know of another available minister. Besides that, they introduce all the visiting ministers and evangelists so people will know who is available. No, I'm not going, he said. Well, that's the way I did he said, well, I'm not stupid like you are. I said, well, bless God, I'm not sitting around without anything. If you want to sit here then, just sit here and rot. He just sat there getting more and more bitter and never did anything more about preaching. Later, he moved to another city and, you know, just absolutely got out of the ministry. Friends, I'm saying to you that we must not, when we pray, whether we are preachers or whoever we are, hinder our prayers. We can do it even though we're praying according to the will of God. You can't hinder your prayers by not cooperating with God, even though what you're praying about is the will of God, and it is His will that your needs be met, and so on. You can hinder your prayers by not entering into the doors that God opens for you. Now, you listen to me. It's not a matter of it being or not being the will of God. Many times people try to ascertain the will of God by circumstances. Well, sometimes circumstances do have something to do with it, but not always. In other words, this preacher could say, well, I guess it isn't God's will that I preach anymore. No meetings have opened. Nobody has asked me, so I'll just quit trying to preach and get me a job and go to work. But now, wait a minute. The Bible said the calling of God and the gift of God is without repentance. The Bible said so. If God called a man to preach, then he's not going to be able to get rid of his calling that quickly. I'm simply making the observation that too many times we try to find the will of God by the circumstances involved without taking anything else into consideration. We need to take God's word into consideration first, and then secondly, we need to take into consideration what God has said to us and how he has dealt with our own spirits, and then thirdly, take the circumstances into consideration. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. 
This month's special offer is the Overcoming Prayer Package, which includes the Art of Prayer book by Kenneth E. Hagan and the three CD series from Ken Hagan, Prayer, the Power Plant of the Church. Both tremendous resources are just $29.95. That's a savings of $6 off the retail price. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. Guess what else is happening really soon? The Christmas, Christmas lights. Christmas lights, oh yeah. That's yeah. right. On Wednesday night before, before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that's they, they come on and they stay on till midnight on New, New Year's, Year's Day. Oh, well, about New 11 Year's o'clock Day. on New Year's yes. night. Yes. New Year's night. They're out there putting up lights now. That's right. They're hurriedly getting <laughs> them all hurried. done. I mean, they started in 1st of September, so they're uh-huh. on the downhill slide That's right, right now. And I'll tell you what, this campus looks so beautiful with all of the lights um, glowing. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. If you're in, anywhere in the area, or it's just worth the drive to come down and see. It is. The two million I mean, lights. People come from Kansas and Arkansas and all over Oklahoma. They come in from everywhere. I saw church bus is last year from Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, mm-hmm. as I was out here on the campus, and these buses would drive through, and then you can see, you know, certain certain church from so somewhere in Arkansas, right. Kansas, Missouri, they come in from all over. You might want to come too. It's something to see. Call today to get this month's special offer, the Overcoming Prayer Package, which includes the Art of Prayer book by Kenneth E. Hagan and the three CD series from Ken Hagan, Prayer, the Power Plant of the Church. Both tremendous resources are just $29.95. That's a savings of $6 off the retail price. Call now. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, the will of God in prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.